Welcome back to another episode of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We are presented, as always, by 78 Sports. He is Matt Ferreira. I'm Owen Shadrick. Thank you all for joining us for Season 8, Episode 5. We'll get to our guest in a second. But, Matt, first of all, how you doing? I'm doing good, you know, just wrapping up one of my last semesters of college, but excited to keep going forward into the spring. Congratulations. He's almost done with college folks. Um, and a couple of guys that are also almost done with college because they'll probably be in professional baseball soon are three guys that were featured on MLB Pipeline's 2024 Draft Top 100. Three guys from the Futures League 2021 season. It includes Kalen Culpepper of the formerly of the Norwich Unicorns. He checked in at number 28. Right behind him at 29 is Jonathan Santucci, who played for the Worcester Bravehearts. And at number 44 is Ethan Anderson, who played for the Vermont Lake Monsters. Three guys who were all all-stars and all sensational players in 2021. We really hope that those guys get drafted to some good teams and make their way up the pipeline, Matt. Yeah, high praise to them to be on that list. It's such a great list to be on, and congratulations to those guys. Yeah, it's a great list to be on. Another great list to be on is to be on the list of head coaches in the Futures League. And we have one of the newest ones on this episode. Mike Gladue, the new coach of the Pittsfield Suns, joined us here for episode five. He talks all about uh, his journey getting the call to be the Suns manager, his time as an assistant in on both the Suns and the Starfires, and so much more, Matt. Yeah, we also dove back a little bit into his college coaching days and his playing career days. But one of the he's originally from Western Massachusetts, so it's going to be Fun to see him back there coaching the Pittsfield Suns this summer. Yeah, Western Mass guy who used to go to Wakona Park in high school is now there as their head coach of the Suns. It's great to see. It's a great journey. We're really excited for you guys to hear this interview. Mike is Mike is fantastic. Um, anything else for the crew, Matt? That's all. All right, y'all. Let's kick it. Here is Mike Gladu. We are honored to be joined by our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He was just given the reins to the 2023 Pittsfield Suns. It's head coach Mike Gladu. Coach, how you doing? You know, I'm doing great, man. Any day, uh, you know, any day above the dirt's a good one. So we're doing well. <laughs> yes, sir. Couldn't have said it better myself. And I mentioned it on September 8th. You were officially hired as the next coach of the Pittsfield Suns. What was it like getting the reins to the team? And what was your reaction when the Suns uh, asked you to come on? Yeah, so I mean, historic organization, right? So, um, you know, obviously the flavor of baseball, you know, is pretty rich in Pittsfield. So, uh, you know, to be able to get that call from from Sander was awesome, and, and knowing that Jeff, um, you know, has has the confidence in me to be able to take this team where we want to get it. Um, you know, it was it was just it was awesome news. Um, you know, a little I could you know coming from a from a from a Division three school where I'm coaching now. You know, used to having 50 people in a stand. So when you see upwards of 500 plus, and then when you're on the road to some of the bigger venues, it can reminds me of uh, when I played in the minor leagues. Um, so it brings back that old old school baseball feel. Uh, but yeah, really excited that to to try and you know keep keep going with what Chad Shade put put together last year with CB, um, and just uh, you know try and keep the ball rolling, if you will, and going to keep it moving in a positive direction. Yeah, you mentioned Chad Shade. He was the coach last year, got an opportunity to coach at Nichols this year. We're very happy for him and had him on this podcast last year. He spoke very highly of the staff, including yourself. What was it like being an assistant under Chad last year? 
Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, I go back to seven, eight years ago when I, when I coached him in, in, in travel ball. Right. So, uh, um, you know, he, he, he's just the same guy, a little more seasoned in life. Uh, but he, you know, definitely brought a, just a good attitude and, and, and the understanding of coaching and, and going through, you know, the life lessons that, that, that he has gone through and the ones that he'll continue to do on his way up through. Um, but man, he's, he's just, he's a lot of fun to be around. Um, and I thought he did a very good job of, you know, bringing the younger school mentality into baseball. Um, you know, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's a grind, but, uh, you know, him, I just thought he did a great job and I, and I just love being around him. And, you know, once in a while he asked me for some advice, I would just kind of take my hat off and let him see the gray hair. And, he, and then he'd go ahead and ask, uh, and I, you know, I put together what I thought I, what thought, what I thought we needed at that particular point. And you yourself, you graduated from Hoosack Valley High School in Cheshire, your Western Mass through and through. You get an opportunity now, you said it, to coach a historic Pittsfield Suns team. Do you remember going to Pittsfield in your in your high school and childhood days and to Wakona Park and experiencing those games? And what's it like looking back on those now that you're the head coach? Yeah, so, you know, going from when I was a small kid going to watch the Pittsfield Red Sox play, right? Um, you know, sitting in the stands and, and, and just – taking in the smells of the ballpark and, uh, you know, the food and the vending that, that they had back then. Um, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm, if I remember right, I think it's set up pretty much the same the way it is now um, with some, with some extra vending options that they didn't have back then. Um, but man, and then, and then going to watch some different teams, uh, Berkshire Bear, or Black Bears were there for a while. Um, you know, I was able to go and watch them and it's just really neat to be able to go back and, you know, um, I had a chance to sit in that sit in that dugout when, when we played the All Star game my senior year. Um, you know, so I, so I've been on that field and been in that dugout a little bit, but it certainly is a absolute treat and treasure to be able to to manage uh, you know a particular group of guys and helping them on their course uh, in this great game we call baseball uh, and be able to do it there. It's just it's just a lot of fun. So yeah, no man, I remember going back and and thinking about it. You know, when I was little and where I was sitting and and and. and looking in the grandstands and, 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 and remember them being filled up. So um, just, just an awesome venue. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it, it's, it's just really a pleasure to be able to do this. And being named head coach comes with a lot of, a lot more responsibilities, which I'm sure you're aware of being the head coach of MCLA, which we'll touch upon later, but what's the recruiting process for futures like, and how does it differ from recruiting for college? Yeah, no, great question, Manny. You know, it's, uh, man, it's almost like if, you, well, I have to say the pioneers before me built it, right? Built the Futures League and they built it. So guys come. Um, so what I'm trying to say is like, you know, a lot of times being a division three coach, um, you know, we have to reach out to a numerous amount of recruits, uh, graduates that are, that are graduating high school, looking to play college baseball to get down to that recruiting class that we need. Um, totally different with the futures league, like team or like guys are looking to play in this league. Um, and there's a reason for that, right? It's, it's, it's a competitive league. It's a great league. We have some great coaches, the other coaches in the league, um, everything just really works well. So, you know, the, the success of the league is out there and believe me, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you anything you guys don't know, man, guys are dying to play in this league. Um, so it's, I don't want to say it's easy to recruit, but it's definitely a different angle where you can really pick through um, 
you know, what your needs are and, and, and going forward and picking up the guys that, that you really want uh, because they're out there and they just really want to play in the Futures League. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and speaking of those guys, it's around the time of year where you start to put those players together and start building a roster for 2024. Can you give us a little Back to the Futures preview about how your roster's looking and any guys that we should look out for? Yeah, man, look out for all of them, man. We're looking for we're we're trying to get guys that that drink from the water holes. Uh, so we've done a really good job so far. I think I think we're close on our needs um, with, I th- with five or six returning guys who were there last year. Um, you know, so we've we've got some of those returners and, and and you know quite a few new guys obviously coming in. But you know, obviously we have the D one guys with with some touches, some D two and some D three mixed in there too. Um, but man, for me, I'm like I, I want listen. You guys know it. I mean, 65 games, that's a grind, right? It, it is a grind. So you got to find gritty guys. Um, and that's what, we're, that's what we're trying to make that team look like, just just a group of gritty guys who understand summer ball. Um, you know, and it's it, – hey, baseball is supposed to be fun, right? So we have to remember that. But that said, man, you know, we want to win baseball games, right? So um, – and when you have that many games in a short period of time, man, you need grit and you need guys who, who – don't mind getting dirty um and, and and for me that's what we're kind of looking at and what we're trying to put together this year um to, tr- to try and compete with those other teams in this league and you just mentioned the grit and the level of guys that are on your team be it d1 d2 d3 and we've seen a lot of guys from this league that are d3 and succeed in a d1 level but do you see a difference in play styles between division one division two and division three uh for me it when I look at pitching, right, um, it's just the nature of the game. Like the the velo at the D1 level, some of those D2 level, it, it's high, right? Um, so for me, that's really the biggest difference. Um, look at all these guys work hard. Um, you know, they come from good programs. Um, you know, it's the blood is the baseball blood is in them. Um, but then we talk about what God gave them as a gift, right? So um, a lot of times it boils down for me when I look at it, the difference going from, you know, D3 guys to D1 guys. It's not the work ethic. Um, it's it's it, it is the talent, but then when we look directly at the pitchers, man, it's just the velo that they have that we just don't see in those other levels. Um, so I think that would be that that's the biggest difference, really. I mean, guys still pitch a contact, man. Um, at the end of the day, it still boils down to not walking guys. Um, you know, being able to find a way to score runs. Uh, but uh, you know, when you have that velo in your back pocket, man, it makes things look a lot easier. Yeah, certainly different styles, but when they come together, it makes a great game in the yep. uh, in the Futures League every summer for sure. And in 2022, you got your first taste of the Futures League with the Westfield Starfires as an assistant coach. What were your first impressions of the league when you first joined up? Yeah, so Dumbrell had called me and said he needed a guy until his pitching coach came in. Um, and so I'm living in Clarksburg, right? I'm probably an hour and 20 minutes from Westfield. You know, talk to my wife, who's the real boss of the whole organization. Uh, if you will, she, uh, she gave me the nod, go ahead and do it. You know? So, so for me, um, it, you know, I was only there for about maybe a month or so that first bit of the season for probably the first month, but it really was a grind for me because it was that hour and a half commute and then get out of bus and then go wherever and then come back. Even the home games, hour and a half back, hour and a half over. Um, but Westfield was more than welcoming, welcoming for me and that great group of guys there. And I had a lot of fun. Um, but for me, that's, that's where I said, holy cow, this, you know, 
this is a grind for me right now, but man, I couldn't imagine 60 games traveling as much as I did to get there. Um, but man, I love, I love, it's just, it just reminds you about minor league baseball. That, that, that's really what, it, you know, like I said, the stadiums, the fan base, um, everything about it, you know, the early work before games, um, you know, the no IO before a game, right. That we have now in, in the college world, um, all those things, just bring me back to when I had the opportunity and the iron to play in the Cubs organization. Um, and it really mirrors that it really does. So for me, it was addictive. Um, but then I just ran out of gas. I'm like, man, I literally like, I, I can't keep driving here every day. Um, so with that said, you know, uh, it was a great opportunity for me to get my, my feet wet a little bit and absolutely loved play, being over there with Westfield and, and being part of that and, you know, hanging out with the squirrel guy that got over there. Um, it was a lot of fun. And, in Westfield, you were an assistant coach. How do you approach being an assistant coach compared to being a head coach? Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> you know, 56 years old, uh, 54 at the time, I just I just went in there and said to myself, I'm going to do whatever Denbro needs me to do. Um, you know, I, I'm not stepping on toes. That's not who I am. Uh, I'm there to help, and so, and so I'm going to help. And the one thing I'll say is this um, – I've learned, you can still learn. I'm not, I'm not too old to not learn new things, right? We talk about analytics and the younger piece of that baseball that's come true in the last 10 years. Um, it's a big apple to take a bite out of. Uh, so when working with Dembro and a younger guy, man, I got a little piece of that and kind of, kind of learned from him too, which was great because, you know, a, as a, as a coach and as a player, you never want to stop learning. Um, and you never want to get to the point when you're a manager or a coach and you think you've learned it all because there's still a lot more to learn. Um, but for me, it was nice being able to sit back um, at the end of the day, not have to at that particular point in my life, make those important decisions on a daily basis for that grind. Um, and just, you know, aid them and just help them and, and just be there for, for whatever you needed me to do. And we talk about, you know, you talked about being an assistant coach versus a head coach. Did you have a different coaching style in the Futures League in general compared to college baseball? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, um, I am who I am. Um, and, you know, the only thing I think I have to change a little bit is I'm a small ball guy, right? So so for me, you know, uh, bunting is an important part of the game that we have at MCLA. Um, you know, traditionally, we really don't want to do a whole lot of that in the summer, right? It's a development for our guys. It's a showcase for our players in the Futures League. Um, you know, um, bunting is a part of the game, but, but man, I want these guys to get their ABs. Um, so for me, um, I think the only small ball piece I'll try to keep in there would be hit and run. Um, that's probably going to be a big one, trying to steal bases, obviously. But, you know, uh, so, so the only difference for me from going from uh, the college coaching at MCLA versus the Futures is, Man, we're not gonna we're not gonna bunt as much as I want. And man, it kills me. I want I want to put the sign on a lot. Uh, and I certainly did the last three weeks um, when I was came in and helped Chad. When Chad wasn't there yet, and I was running the team. Uh, but I realized, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are trying to showcase themselves. So, um, you know, we can't we can't be going crazy with all the bunting stuff. <laughs> and managing pitchers in summer ball is especially tricky, especially when schools put a limit on innings or yep. something of the sorts. What, how do you manage your pitchers to meet those innings, but also use them effectively to win games? Yeah, so I, I think 
Man, that's a that's a great question. There's a lot of, there's a lot to this answer, but for me, the first thing I got to talk about is the communication between the player and the coach, right? Um, we got to know when guys have uh, innings limitations, right? Um, and we got to adhere to that, right? We got to respect the fact that um, you know they're 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 trying to get somewhere. Um, so for me, you know, um, I I'm old school, right? So I'm like the guy who has the piece of paper on my manager's desk going, okay, this is what this young man threw on Monday. This is what he threw on Wednesday. This is what he's got left for the week. Man, let's time it out. Um, because we want them to be there as long as they can be there um, because it's a great experience, right? So we don't want to blow through arms too early, uh, but we want to keep them pitching too, right? So that's important. You know, for the starters, it's a little easier because they know they're on kind of a, a set day. It's the relievers that you really have to, you know, you don't want to go to the well too much with them um you want to keep them fresh but you want to keep them engaged too man like uh i get it when i played uh, for the cubs i started out as a starter uh i got banged up um with my shoulder so they, i went to the bullpen that bullpen life is tough man you sit down there waiting for the bell to get called um you know it can be it can be a long evening down there so um for me it's just about trying to keep them fresh but communication i go back to that absolutely huge and then knowing like guys have to know like if they're banged up man they gotta tell somebody right um and they and they I, you know again we're dealing with some pretty good some high athletic people here so um they're able to translate that over to us um but we just want to keep them fresh and healthy and, and keep them as long as we can because it's it's a, it's a great experience and, and you know last year we had a number of guys who when they had to leave really didn't want to leave right so now now you know that's a testament not just to to the pittsfield sons but to the future league at the whole thing, right? Guys don't want to leave. Um, and there's a reason for that. It's, 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 it's well run and, 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 it, and it's fun and, and it's, and it's a high level of baseball. And you touched upon it before about the grind that you had to do in your uh, few months as a Westfield star fires coach and the more games in the futures league. Yep. How do you manage pitching for more games, either extra rest days, or is it more of the same much like college? Uh, no, it's like, I mean, you, you, you gotta start, you gotta make sure you got enough starters. Right. So, and, 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 you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, in the division three world, um, a lot of our, a lot of our arms want to just be starters. Right. So sometimes we have to navigate through that with, uh, transparent conversations about you're not a starter, you're going to be a reliever for us. Um, but then when we talk about the futures league, guys are coming as relievers, um, so it's, so it's a lot easier to be able to put that together. But like I said, at the end of the day, it's, it's the starters kind of know, you know, and then we get a rain day, right? So, Hey, you're supposed to start tomorrow. You got rain. Now we got, we're backed up a little bit and it happens. Um, so you just got to be able to have those conversations with those guys. Um, and let them know they're going to get the ball again. As soon as the sun goes, as soon as the sun comes up and, and stays out there for a little bit, we can get out on the field. Um, but, but, you know, I, I think communication is huge to be able to keep everybody in line and, and let them know and be transparent with those conversations of, yeah, you know, you're not getting to start this week. Your last start wasn't too good. We need you to do some bullpens. We need you to fix it, fix this. And I picked up a, a really nice assistant coach this year. He was actually at Westfield last year. He's at Williams college. He's the pitching guy over there, Joe Bonamani. So uh, bringing him over um, is going to help. Um, I was a pitcher, but it's hard to work with the pitchers and run a team at the same time. Uh, so, so for me, it's, it's, it's nice to have some guys around you who, who, who know the game. Yeah. It's good to have that help and to have that communication, especially for summers like we just had where it seemed like it rained every day. Yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy, man. It, you know, uh, Chad would, 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 
call me and say, Coach, listen, I know you live 40 minutes away, man. We're, we're, we're taking the tarp off. You can come down if you want. I'd show up my muck boots on and go help, you know. Uh, but, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of rain, a lot of rain. But at the end of the day, we got everything in. And, and at the end of the day, that really is, you know, trying to play as many games as you can. Hold on. We'll get right back to Back to the Futures. But first, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And flashing back here, 2015, you're hired as the head coach of the MCLA baseball program. What were the emotions like to be named a head coach for the first time? You know, it's scary and then it's not. Um, you have to trust in what got you there. Uh, and for me, uh, very transparent was the six years I spent with Coach Burrell at Williams College before that as an assistant. Um, you know, I you know, if I go back to that first day where I talked to Bill Burrell, um, and I know he had an opening for a pitching coach, and I was scared to death. Um, you know, I obviously, you know, I played in college, played in the minor leagues, but man, you know, for the previous 10 years before that, I was a travel coach, right? So um, I was a little, I was, you know, it was, it was a little scary getting in there. Um, but then once I got in there and learned from Coach Burrell, the college life, if you will, and being a coach, um, when I, when I, when I went in and, um, went in for the job for MCLA and went in for the, for the uh, interview, um, I was pretty confident. Um, you know, again, w w it was funny when we talked, I, I can't like computers. I'm not very good at that, man. My, my mom made me take typing. Thank God. Cause I know how to type or else I wouldn't have done it. I know nothing about, you know, emails are tough for me. I get it done. Um, but when we talk about baseball, that's where my heart is. And that's what I know. So I'm, I'm comfortable on it. So when I got the job at MCLA, I was like, great, you know, we're, we're, we got to build something. Um, so we changed the culture in the first year. Um, it was a little rough when I first started with our, with, with our team culture, but we did a good job of changing that and turning that around and then recruiting guys. Um, you know, we're talking about Western Mass. Um, we're in the mountains, kind of hard to recruit here. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, we, we've done a good job of bringing in kids from, from you know, New England and, and New York State are probably our two hot spots, but at the end of the day, for me, it really boils down to just if you know what you're doing, um, life's a lot easier. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty comfortable on a baseball field and talk about baseball in an interview or go, going through that process of getting hired as a coach. Um, I, you know, at the end of the day, it's whatever, you know, whatever God's want, whatever his path is, that, that, that's the one I'm on. So uh, we'll figure it out. And you had a fairly successful first year going 11 and 18 after a season where the team had gone three and three and 23. What was the first thing that you did to turn the program around? Um, 
Well, I'm a transparent guy. So it's two things, man. The first thing we did was change the culture of the team. Um, the first thing I did was make my guys who were there previous to me getting hired, who were made of in sophomores or juniors when I came in, they were still in the program to my freshmen that I had that first year. Um, we're here to do a job and it's got to be education comes first and baseball is right behind it. And there's nothing after that. Um, I don't have time for, you know, guys having parties and, 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 and not keeping their eye on the prize. Uh, so that's the first thing I changed. And the second thing it was I recruited. Um, you know, I went from 21 guys when I first got hired in November of that first year to, you know, 30 guys the following year. So um, did a lot of recruiting, was a lot of work. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, again, I'm talking to, to people about baseball, which I'm quite confident doing that. Um, and it, it just it just changed. Things changed from there. Again, you know, we haven't been – the past few years have been tough. Um, but the MASCAC – and, again, I'm not, I know we're not here to talk about MCLA and, and the MASCAC, that, the conference that we're in. But, man, it's a tough conference. There's some, there's some tough teams, and we get some good ball players out of the MASCAC who play in the Futures League. So, um, you know, it's been tough. Um, but this year we're going to see what happens, man. We're going to roll out 32 guys, and, and, and we're going to see where we end up. And you mentioned the MASCAC and your recruiting. You would eventually recruit Austin Rachiel to MCLA, and you would have the coach. You would have the chance to coach him with the Suns. What yep. was it like to coach one of your players at both levels? Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, I'm glad that that was able to happen. Um, you know, Austin coming to me. You know, I don't want to look back and go. I don't know how. I don't know how I got him. Um, I just I, I had known him for a few years before that. Um, and he kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit where he went to kind of high school and a lot of his, you know, older guys, his seniors, when he was a junior, all those guys played They won Western Mass. They went to the States. Austin didn't play a lot. So it really wasn't on anybody's radar. Um, so for me, when, when, when we talked and he decided to come to MCLA, I was, I was really happy. And, and you know what? He worked his tail off. He really, I mean, I don't want to say guys don't work their tail off, but man, this kid worked his ass off. Um, and what a leader. And, and, and I had the uh, fortune the other day of talking to the Sienna coach where he is now for his sixth year, you know, COVID gave us something good. Um, and he had nothing but good things to say about Austin, even in the Sienna program. So, um, and then coaching him with the Suns, right? So, um, you know, it was just fun to watch him. It's just, you know, it, it's just fun to watch him and he understands the game. Um, and a lot of those guys do, but for me, you know, having, having a local kid that, uh, that I've known for a number of years, uh, be able to coach him in college and then have the honor of coaching him a little bit in the Futures League was was a good time. Man, it was fun. And like you mentioned, he would go on his way to Siena, but not before winning MASCAC Player of the Year. How did you go about coaching such a talented player? Did you let him do his thing or same thing? Yeah, let me tell you, Manny. You get a kid like that, you just let him go. <laughs> you just crank him on the back and just let him go, man. He, It was just phenomenal to watch. Um, and then, you know, make it All-American for D3 and, and MASCAC Player of the Year, um, all great accolades for a kid who just deserved it. Um, and I'm not saying the kids who get that, you know, don't deserve it, but, man, he just he just deserved it. Uh, quick story, uh, and, and, and I don't know if you guys will leave this in, but this is a pretty good story. We went and played Dean College um, last April, and, uh, you know, two-and-a-half-hour ride for us. So we get, to, we get there, and um, – I can't think of the manager's name. He's an older guy. Ernie. Ernie's his first name. So we never played him before, right? So I show up, Dean College, nice field. We're going to go take batting practice, and this uh, 
captain comes up and says, hey, the uh, the freshmen forgot, they forgot the bats. And I kind of looked around, I go, what do you mean they forgot the bats? He goes, we don't, we, we don't have the bats. I said, well, the bus is right there. Just go grab them. He goes, no, we, we, we didn't bring them. <laughs> so after a number of, uh, you know, why me's uh, that I threw out there to these guys, I went over to Ernie and I said, he goes, hey, you're all set, all set for BP coach. I go, Ernie, I said, we got a problem. He goes, what's the matter? I said, we don't have bats. He goes, your bus is right there. I said, no, 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 no. I said the same thing. I said, man, these guys left them in North Adams. I said, do you have any bats? He goes, yeah, I think I can come up with a few, right? So he brings over like these older bats. And it is what it is, right? You know, a lot of the college guys have their own bats, like, but he happened to have a few. So he gives us these bats. So Austin's the first pit hitter of the game. I'm coaching third. He's using one of their bats. First pitch, he hits a home run with one of their bats. I'm like, oh, my God, right? you got to be kidding me. Uh, so that's just Austin. Like, he didn't care what bat it was. So, so uh, that was a funny story, though. I'll never forget that. And I'm sure the freshman who I screamed at will, will never forget that as well. So it was, good. It was pretty good. <laughs> that's an awesome story. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> before we return to back to the futures we want to share a message from our friends at zorian back company rob zorian started the company zorian back company in 2003 literally out of the trunk of his car in davie florida within two years he was selling his wood bat line to major league baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for litter league all the way up to the majors rob zorian founder and president of zorian says i started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the united states and beyond and after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, zorianbats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. So we talked about MCLA, but you also were the pitching coach for Williams from 2010 to 2015. What was the process like getting hired as a coach for the first time? You know, it was kind of unofficial. Um, I remember, like, I had found out that Billy was looking for a <clears throat> guy to work with the pitchers. Uh, so, again, I went in, you know, a little green and uh, went in, went, went to Williams campus, which crazy. I've never, I, at that point, I had never even been there before, uh, except for when I played against them back in college. Uh, but so I went into his office and, uh, you know, he explained to me basically what he was looking for. Um, and he also, something that, two things that I'll never forget, he, he also mentioned to me, he goes, you know, just understand I run the program, uh, so I just need you to, you know, let me know, keep me in the know of what you got planned for these guys, which I thought was cool, you know, it kind of let me know right away, you know, he, he, he was the guy, I was just there to help him. Um, and the other important thing I learned from him is never, never, you know, worry about something until you have to. Uh, so I have adopted that. Um, never worry about something until you have to. Those are a couple of bigger things that I learned from Billy is, you know, you got to be transparent with your assistants and let them know <clears throat> at the end of the day, one guy steers the ship. Um, but you need guys, you know, helping to get the, the ship ready to be steered. So, um, yeah, no, it was awesome. Uh, and then, and then, you know, obviously when you talk about a nest school, um, you know, their alumni base is huge. Um, you know, they, they, they have a good thing going on over there at Williams, that's for sure. Um, and so it was nice to be part of that and, and meet a whole new branch and a whole di different 
kind of person, um, you know, uh, smartest kids in the world, they go there, right? So um, I, the one thing I learned working with dumb guys is you have to be careful. You don't, you can't micro, they'll micromanage themselves. So you have to give them little tidbits of stuff to work on because they're going to break everything down that you tell them uh, and they're, and they're going to make it too much, right? Um, you know, so basically it was, you know, just for me, it was just, man, just be athletic. Um, there's a reason why you're here. Uh, let's just try and get a little more out of you. Uh, that's kind of the way I approached it when I was working with those guys. And we talked about your coaching career, but you also did play, you've touched upon it, rookie ball for the Cubs. What was that experience like? You know, getting paid to do something you love um, at the age of 21 is awesome. Uh, <clears throat> so for me, you know, coming, I went to AIC. I was there for two years. Um, and then I was actually transferring to go to North Adams State uh, to play for Coach Zavatero. And um, that never happened because in between when I was out, I was out of school for a little bit, um, there was a scout who lived in Bennington, Vermont, which is about a half hour away. He was with the Cubs. He had saw me pitch that summer. And he said, listen, uh, Eddie Doramio, who was the scout out of Boston, and he did the whole East Coast for the most part, um, wants to see you. Uh, so we're, you know, if you want, we'll set up something at UMass. You can go and, and, and throw to Eddie. Uh, so I'll never forget. I had my parents with me. Um, they were obviously both alive at the time. Um, so I went to UMass and, and I threw, uh, to the UMass catcher. I threw probably about eight pitches and Eddie, I'll never forget it. Eddie said, I've seen enough. And I went, oh shit. Like, I guess that ain't going to work. Uh, and then he said, come on over here. He said, how about we go out to dinner and, and, and talk about a contract? So um, it was awesome. And, you know, flying. I hadn't flown much before, man, landed in Phoenix, Arizona, not knowing anybody. Um, it, it was, it was, it was different. That's for sure. Uh, and the last piece of that was probably when I landed and got to the, got to the hotel. Um, there was a, there was a pitcher in AAA. His name was Gary Parmeter who played for the Pittsfield Cubs at Wacom Park. Uh, and Gary said, I didn't know him. He said, he said, what's your name? I said, glad he goes, Oh, he goes, you're from, you're from Cheshire. I go, yeah. He goes, you're going to room with me. I'm like, okay. So, you know, all his friends, Mark Grace, uh, Rafael Palmero, uh, Mike Harkey, who was the, uh, bullpen coach for the Yankees. Like those guys were in, the, in our room every night. Um, and I would come back because our practices were at different times. I would come back and sit down. Grace would be sitting on my bed. Hey, Mike, you don't mind if I sit here, man, you're in triple, you sit wherever you want, man. I, I'm just an eight ball guy. So, um, and then meeting Don Zimmer and Jim Sundborg and, and, and going out to dinner with Andre Dawson, just awesome stuff, awesome stuff. And I wish everybody could have a chance to experience that. Um, but, but, but I, but I definitely cherish those memories. A lot of fun. Yeah. Did you take anything that you learned in rookie ball and professional baseball into your coaching career? <laughs> All right, listen, I could be here all night telling you guys stories. This is a pretty good one. So uh, this is before, you had scouting reports, right? But there were, this is back 1987, man. There was nothing like they have now. So um, we were playing the uh, um, the Cardinals, uh, where were they out of? Johnsonville, Ten Johnson Johnsonville City, Johnsonville City, Tennessee, I think it was. Anyway, the Cardinals organization, their eight ball team. And they had a big hitter, a big lefty. Um, and so the scouting report on him was, man, don't throw him fastballs, right? So I was a starter. Uh, I started that game. Johnson City, Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, so our catcher um, would get the pitches from the manager. So Steve Roadcap was, was my skipper. Uh, so he, you know, put gave this thing for the catcher to call a curveball. Dude, I'm left-handed, 91-92. Like, I'm not, fuck, this guy, this guy ain't getting me. Like, I'm throwing a fastball. I want to see this. 
So he puts down a curveball, I shake him off. Looks over in the dugout, comes back, slider, I shake him off. Puts his hands up, he goes, okay, fastball. I throw this fastball, and this guy turned on the ball, and it's probably still going. Uh, I think it hit off the marble man in the right center field. Like it was an absolute piss missile. So I'm sitting there watching the guy run around the bases, and everybody's playing the music. Fans are going wild. And I look in the dugout, and here comes the pitching coach. His name was Bill Early. He played for the Cincinnati Reds for a little while. So Earls comes out. He goes, Ladu, let me tell you something. He goes, the next time you shake off a pitch and something like that happens, the next day you will have your ticket back to Massachusetts. And I said, you got it. <laughs> Roadcap never said anything to me, but I know he was so mad. Uh, so I learned that, yeah, listen to your coaches, man. When when you're but if I if you know if he swung a miss it would have been great I'd have been but that didn't happen so uh, listen to your coaches. <laughs> yeah, we've asked a couple of catchers about that calling their own games or pitchers and catchers calling their own games how that yeah. kind of works in the futures league and and stuff but yeah you got the lesson the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget it. That's for sure. <laughs> and then we talked about lessons you took from your playing career, but how about what you're what are you taking from Williams and MCLA to help you now that you're a head coach in, uh, in Pittsfield? Um, well, I think, I don't, I think you have to, so a little bit different, like on campus, man, you want the backing of the student body, right? You want them to be involved. Um, and for me, it's like, you know, working with Pittsfield this summer when I get there, man, I want to, and the community is involved, man, I want to keep that involvement, right? So community is important, um, you know, from having the little kids clinics to whatever can brighten up a kid's day, man, that's what it's all about. Um, so for me, the community piece is important that I learned. It's important to have people around you who, who, who support the plan um and who love watching what you're doing right and they're not there to watch me i know that um but they're there to watch baseball game at a high level um so for me the involving the community is important i got to keep that going um and then just being real with the guys man and, let, and just let them know man i i tie my shoes the same way you do like i you know i i'm just lucky to be where i am and and and, and i don't take a day for granted I, I you know you can't live like that you gotta appreciate everything you get um and so, you know, for me, life lessons are big, teaching my guys life lessons. And, you know, I find kids who are, it's it's weird since COVID. Our freshman class last year and the freshman class this year, man, they missed two years of high school pretty much. They're, they're like juniors or seniors in high school, you know? So um, there's a lot of life lessons that that, that the kids have to learn. Um, and so for me, it's about, hey, being there to guide the guys in the summer, um, have, have them enjoy the game, which is, a hard game to play um, and just be there with, with, with whatever needs that they have and, and try and navigate through 60 games of at the end of the day is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's certainly a lot of fun. And we are definitely looking forward to the 2024 season here. Great. I'll tell you a crazy thing last year. So again, my, so Joey was at Westfield Starfires. He's actually, he's going to be with me this year. He's my stepson. He's at Williams college. He's the assistant coach there. My wife was the assistant GM at Brockton for the Rocks. So we were all over the Futures League. <laughs> so a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot. You're putting your stamp in the Futures League for sure. Yeah, man. I don't know if it's a good stamp or a bad stamp, but it's going to be there. <laughs> That's awesome. And coach, one final question. This has been fantastic so far. You've told us a lot of great stories, but we're looking for the all-time number one favorite baseball memory that you have. 
you guys are going to make me emotional, man. It's playing catch with my mom in the backyard. You know, that, that's, that's where it started. Um, you know, my parents, you know, my dad worked at General Electric. He was second shift, never really around because he worked it when I was doing things. And, uh, but that relationship with my mom, pretty, pretty special, pretty special. And uh, she was my biggest fan. There's no doubt about that. So that's my, that's my favorite right there. <laughs> and there is no better memory than that, sir. Not, <laughs> not one. Thank you. Coach, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today and taking the time. We really appreciate it. And, you know, good luck the rest of 2023 here as we head into 2024. Yeah, boys. I listen, Maddie, Owen, I thank you for your time. And I'll leave you with this, man. Suns are hot. Suns are hot. Suns are hot indeed. <laughs> this has been Season 8, Episode 5 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We got new episodes coming out all throughout the offseason. Stay tuned on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We will see everybody soon. Thank you.